up a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden File series. Host Tanzan, Maggie, and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and die-hard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.4, Dizzying Heights of Idiocy, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. What came first, the music or the misery? Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 5. Harry returns to his apartment and gets information from Bob on the White Court Vampires. Harry sends Bob on a mission with Mister to find out where Mavra is hiding, and incidentally learns of the nature of Arturo's films. I love his opening statement of, I got back around late o'clock. He's learning his lesson, Jim Butcher. I'm like, late o'clock. I've gotten home a few times then, too. (laughs) Half past vague. Yeah. (laughs) But But as we had in the last book. Constantly being like, this is at 10 p.m. and this is at 8 a.m. and this is at daybreak and this is at sunset and this is at 4 p.m. creates problems when your character is doing either one thing or 45 things in those times. Right. So yeah, late o'clock. Keep it vague. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are people like you that actually go through and like. <laughs> well, I mean, to a point I though, like I always forget. Like once they hit say a time and date, I'm like, it's already gone. <laughs> well. When I was reading these books for pleasure, it never occurred to me. <laughs> now that I read the same chapter 45 times in a row before we actually sit You're down like, and record it, I'm minute. like, bitch, how did he get that done? There's no <laughs> yeah, way. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you let a lot more things slide back then, you know? It's like, there's still a few things that come up now where I'm like, I've always wondered about this, but you're right. There's a lot more things where it's like, I, I never as obsessively was like, when did this, ha-? you know? I do like to keep a kind of timeline in my book sometimes. I'm like, wait, wasn't it just, you know, wasn't it just dinner? I find that more, though, in um, visual media. Specifically, the most recent causes I can think of, it was watching Suits. And they'd be, like, in Harvey's office, and it's, like, daylight, and then they're, like, blah, 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 and they come back, and it's, like, evening, and then it's, like, they come back, and I'm, like, when was, was this, right? So, you're, like, is it winter? Did it, like, because you're, like, is this the next, like, are they in his office at, like, 10 o'clock at night at things, or is this, like, winter, where it just suddenly got dark, like, a minute ago it was 2 o'clock, and now it's 4 o'clock, but yes, it is pitch black out, because that's what happened, like, you know, it's things like that, where sometimes I'm just, like, I get so confused about suddenly being light and dark, I'm like, did we change a day? Is this still the same day? Listen, the plot only works if day is only six hours, okay? Oh, well, yeah, maybe, but, you know, it's just, 
For some reason, I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch, but I just remember a few instances of that where it was just, it seemed to confuse me a lot, where it would be like, okay, we've gone into the evening, or like, you know, the restaurant is like dark, and then they go back to his office, and it's light, and it's like, such like a really like ambiance. Like, <laughs> it's like twilight in this restaurant at all times, but really, no, it's still noon. I don't know. There's Talk a solution up. to things like this. You just film everything so far up north, it's either always going to be dark. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, because theirs was all a set prop anyways. I was going to say, I was like, it's it's fake. There's, you you yeah. just make it daytime if it's daytime. You can make it dark if it's dark. Which like, is why I would get confused. Like, exactly. It's not like they had some kind of, like, filming issues where they're like, we're losing light. We need to get, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, again, they were supposed to be <laughs> in New York. They had hiring feel- issues is what they had. I just, <laughs> apparently, I just couldn't follow what the... <laughs> As we're all aware now, okay, executive studios are paying the CEOs, okay? <laughs> Not the lighting guys. Not the right, right. The truth will out. Anyways, all right. So, yes, she gets back late. Mr. immediately takes umbrage. <laughs> yes, he's very disapproving. <laughs> what is that? I, I love the, the, the words that Harry uses to describe temporary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Featherweight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little guy. It's a little puppy. <laughs> I know. It's just hilarious to think of it because, again, Mr. Being this very large cat, like, you're right, just about anything as a puppy is, is going to be a lightweight compared to... <laughs> a very large man and his very large cat and his very tiny puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Harry tries to call Brother Wang, but the number's already been disconnected. Apparently he didn't have, like, a roaming cell or something, this Tibetan monk dude guy. Yeah, I was like, that'd be so weird, like... Because I get, like, again, like, with the whole Father Vincent thing, I'm like, okay, I have a phone in my hotel room. So that is how I will communicate with people while I am in another. But it's sort of weird that he's, like, he, he had a phone line or something set up. Like, he had, but it's, like, discon- you know what I mean? Like, it's not just, like, his hotel line or, like, where he was staying. It's, like, well, what was his whole, like, did he have, like, a burner phone while he was in town? Or was it like a landline or something that they just activated deactivated for a week like i don't know how these things what they would have i don't i don't really know how monks travel to begin with and you know clearly by WestJet. what amendments or not you you may or may not have in that but yeah Uh, we could really write a whole other book just based on this experience i'm sure it's like the what ifs (laughs) and the things and that (laughs) so first i had to go back to this chapel Right there. <laughs> Point being is, yeah, he's definitely incommunicado. He's not incommunicado. He's not getting in touch with this dude. No. So backup plan. Let me just ask Bob to babysit. And no offense, but I'm like, why is Bob so perturbed by this? Bob's like, oh, my job sucks. I'm like, your job rocks. We get that same repeated description of Harry's house. But I think for the first time I ever, re- I didn't realize that he swept, slept on a twin bed. Yeah. Like, and I thought it was like at least like one of those small doubles. Like, so as we've mentioned, but- Harry don't get a lot of action. <laughs> <laughs> He's made Susan share that bed with him. Yeah. Before. Susan, good thing Susan was nice and small. And, He's and six something. Six like, nine-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe I gleamed over it. Maybe I've said this before and forgot it. I don't know. But like, but the, it's saying actually a twin size bed. Yeah. Like, oh and God. to be quite honest, I'm, I cannot recall off the top of my head is if, if this is the first time they sort of specified. I don't remember if they've, so yeah, I'm like, I always kind of knew, but again, I don't know if it's because I got to this point and realized as well, or if he does mention it right away that he's got this little twin bed. But uh, part of it, yeah, because he does always talk about how small and tiny, right? Because like his bathroom is in his bedroom, like there's no other part, right? So yeah, I was like, like talk about cozy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's Harry's whole point, right? He's like, it always makes me think of, I don't know why that, I don't even know what episode it is, but it's some Simpsons things and something about driving. He like yells at the guy in the car and it's like one of these little tiny like smart car things. And then the guy gets out and he's like eight feet tall. He's just like crammed into this <laughs> car, like a clown car or something. I'm like, that is Harry's like entire existence. Except for the fact that I've known people that have VWs and this, they're actually fairly large and roomy inside. So that's why he fits in the bug. But yeah, his apartment is just like a clown car. Essentially, he's like me and my tiny little space. Yeah, it's just, everything is just teeny tiny. Like I can touch one wall and the other across like his entirely. But what I want, I and I've tried to look and I've never seen. I had so again when these books started and he said I write. I got a picture in my mind of Harry's apartment, and then over the years in the books and the side stories, it slowly has got right. So like for instance, if I thought you came in his front door. And then, like, his little kitchenette was to the right, and his bedroom was off to the no, left. No, the kitchen is off to the well, left. Well, this is the thing, right? Now everything's... Beca- and I thought, I thought, I, I would see it as, like, so if you, yeah, if you were standing at his front door facing in, so to your left was, like, the fireplace, like, along that same wall, and then on that perpendicular wall was... Exactly, right? But now I'm like, no, wait, his his fireplace is, like, across from his front your door. Your image is so it's, wrong. It is. It's gotten so... And I keep trying to sort of correct it, but it's hard to go past. So I need somebody to draw me... Harry's apartment. I'm going to lay the facts out for you right now. Kitchen's to the left. Living room is directly in front of you. Fireplace is directly across from the front door. Bedroom is also to the left, but not as left as the kitchen, okay? There's nothing to the right. It's just the living room and the bookcases, okay? Yeah, see, but it still gets very... Because then he's got the stuff by his door, like his... Th- uh, yeah, I, I yeah, know. Yeah, there's an entryway, but there's, there's an, nothing I know, but there. it's all gone. And I've tried to look, because I figured at this point... Because again, yeah, very early on, no... I'm like, oh, at this point, somebody out there has has. I found I found a, somebody had made a diorama, uh, and I can't. I've been looking for it for a long time since, and I can't find it. But uh, of Harry's apartment yeah. in his lab. But um, I think they based it off the TV show and not the books. Fair enough. So yeah. So see, I want somebody who has a more visualistic mind than me. Door at- south, fireplace north, bedroom northwest, kitchen west. And see, she just said blah, 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 blah to me. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I do. Fire escape windows for Mr. to sneak out in later books. All right, I'm, I'm going to fire up the Sims. The yeah. And we're going to build it. <laughs> okay, Mr. No, building in Sims is hard. Mr. I3D print. I could do that part if you just tell me what, like how. His name is Matt. D&D figures and like unicorns for my daughter and whatever. Yeah, exactly. You type of people that have a much more... Um, geometrical mind. Spatial. Or spatial relation. Thank you. See how right. I have super high spatial relations, but I don't have the language connection for myself. So yeah, I, see can't, I can't translate what you're saying here to visuals in my mind, but if I see it, fine. Done. Y- yeah, yeah. And spatial relations is not my, my greatest forte. Absolutely. I know that because I took an aptitude test once and it said so. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, anybody that is willing and able, I would like, please, an accurate rendition of Harry's apartment that I can fix my little brain with, because now it just warps every time. <laughs> and it literally, like, changes places in within a scene, and I'm just like, ugh, I can't do this anymore. So, underneath this however-it-looks basement suite is a secondary lair with a lab 
And it's much easier to visualize, I hope, because it's just a table in a room. And, and it's got a circle and in the bottom. <laughs> a thousand shelving units around it. See, it does and it doesn't. But the table isn't just a table. There's like a U table all the way around, and then the table will run down the middle that leaves the eye, and then all the stuff, and then all the shelves. So, yeah, I mean, I have somewhat less, but you I'm pretty sure. want to be confused. I'm pretty sure the circle has moved a couple of it's times. It's one room, from. okay? <laughs> well, yeah, I know. So is most of Harry's apartment. <laughs> That's, it's just where things are oriented within that room. It's, it's not that it's one room that I have an issue with. You go down the stairs, the circle is right there in front of the stairs, okay? Yeah, see, and I... And, and then Bob's bookshelf is to the right of that. I, I should, in my very bad stick figure way, I should I should map out sort of like where I, and then when somebody actually like present. Uh, yeah, I know, and when somebody can actually, and then I'll be like, hey, no, this is how I... But anyways, yes, yes, yes. He's down in the lab talking to Bob. And you get the rundown on how he came to acquire Bob, which is the whole same thing. Justin Dumore and personal Darth Vader. So sad. Boo-hoo for me. Which is a little bit of a... Just recap. Just a little exposition. Right. For anyone. Yeah, yeah we've, we we learned that the coin that Harry sealed has been silent since he did the sealing. Um, uh, Bob notices the, pu- the puppy. And we also all found out, find out from Harry explaining to Bob that he can't send a message because the mountain is warded. So that's another strike against Harry trying to find yeah. Brother yeah. Wang to get this puppy you back. You stole a temple. I did not steal it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'd love to get it back to him. I just can't figure out how. <laughs> Right, so the coin was whispering to him, and he sealed it up into this thing, and now we have confirmation that that actually did work. It was an effective strategy, and he has been, you know, a, not retconned, but essentially we can be like, okay, we just came off of a really horrible book, but it's fine. It doesn't matter. Forget that even happened, guys. It's right. It's good. Yeah, I just blocked that Forget away. Forget about just- it. Regress memory or repress memories, that kind of thing. Although I still find it interesting that while he was doing this, there was no mention of any commentary from Bob, and Bob still isn't saying anything about it. I'm like, Bob's got to fucking know that you did this thing. Bob likes to comment on everything. I feel like this is a big thing that Bob would not want commented on. When Harry wrote down the symbol, Bob was like, erase that right now, rip it up, burn it. What the? My, maybe, but just you think the fact that, you know, exactly, that's what he did to the symbol. So when Harry brings home a cone, coin, You'd think Bob would have been like, what the fuck, how do you, what, what, you know, I just find it funny that we got nothing in Harry's thing, so it was like, I imagine too that that was a conversation that they had and determined together, like, what am I going to do well, about this? Well, this is what I'm saying, I'm like, <laughs> circle, I can't circle, see circle, enough, circles. let's right. bind the shit out of this thing and bury it and try to forget about it, both of us. We're not going to mention it, we're not going to talk but about normally, it. normally he'd at least say, I asked Bob and Bob gave me a really good glyph ward to write on it or so you know what I mean it was also in the last chapter and we're just trying to wrap up the book not trying to continue the story yeah it's just sort so of like it, when it's a, I think it was a good just done and done totally when you see like yeah. a, a, a season finale when things have just been going like so horrible and you're ending on this like horrible cliffhanger and you've got like all the characters like doing like fair that, enough like, so yeah this would have been a good place you could have addressed it here been like me and Bob talked about it. Bob doesn't think but again right I'm like he just has no mention and Bob makes no reference to it and I just find it I mean I guess necessarily have to be a big thing it was just something i kind of was like i just felt like there should have been like some kind of mess but it just feels like i'm like there's no way he could have missed it like by no mention it's like bob doesn't know it exists i'm like well he must know it exists it also is just maybe they're you know on different wavelengths you know the things that bob can perceive and act on maybe they're just not the same just doesn't have anything to do with his yeah i feel like that doesn't apply to this but whatever it it, whatever they've chosen not to whatever it's fine i just think it's slightly interesting but yes not what's going on right now. And yes, he wants to leave the puppy down there, which Bob does like, comment on. Which Bob does comment on. <laughs> and I do get it. I feel about it. So I'm like, he finds a little box and puts like some blank, you know, his, his old robes or whatever. So I'm like, okay, that part's all cool. That's all fine. 
Um, Damn it, Harry, I'm a voyeur, not a veterinarian. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love a Star Trek reference. They're always, always. Thanks, Bones. Um, but uh, Right now I'm in my fourth year at UCLA. <laughs> I want to be a veterinarian because I love children. Um, <laughs> do we ever post that performance of Jessica's? We nope. can still do that. Nope. Now, now we've had a good reference to it. Now it seems like a great time. Mm-mm. But I feel so, I get what he's saying. He's like, I don't want, he's like, because yeah, Bob's all like, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I can't take him up there. Mr. just going to like eat him. And I'm like, I totally get that. Absolutely. 100%. But I'm like, but at the same time, you're just ditching this puppy down here in the lab all by itself. I mean, keep Bob. A, a room that has like depleted uranium, uranium and and I mean, I guess else? not accessible. Now Harry has also mentioned we've got our, our our nod to the fairies again about how neat and tidy everything is, which is wonderful. But he won't let them in his lab because I get part of me is like, oh, well, what are they going to do? I make mean, again if they can keep everything neat and tidy and aren't allowed to touch anything? That would be good because it is notoriously. Un- but I also get how he doesn't want them down there and touching you don't want and to give things that much knowledge. Okay, I yeah, but. I don't know. I just knowledge feel like is power. The yeah, tiny yeah, little yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I feel yeah, like you they, don't they, know if those they, brownies they, they, are reporting to something else. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I just feel like they could have, should have, would have known what's going on down there, anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, but anyways, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I get that. That's his space. It's kind of like you know, some people don't like when things change or they don't have control over certain things. Doesn't relate to anybody here in this room, but I've heard that there are people like that. Tanzan, you just hold your tongue there. <laughs> and this is Harry's, right? He's like, you know, you can find, you can wash my dishes and change my cat litter, but this, this is mine. You, you know, touch, you know, and I get that, right? I've had roommates. God, and things, like, stay out of my bedroom. The recording center from the left side of the room to the right side of the room. It wasn't just that. You, you made us try to change our cords as well. It's the plugins that's the problem. Yeah, we don't so much care where they're. The outlet doesn't matter. It's the fact that you want me to touch her stuff. Yeah, and try and give me hers. I don't want... It's just... It's a thing. I don't know why, but it's a thing. See what I'm working with here, people. See? <laughs> and she just springs it on you when you walk in the door. You don't even know that she's about to ruin your life. They made no. up words for it. They called it people shway. Because <laughs> she's like, but the thing shway is so much better. I'm like, you did not consider the people shway, though. <laughs> we we are not flowing. We are not calm and centered. Our, our 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 mic stands are hidden in, in a in a broom closet that didn't exist before, and and our our amp thingy now lives where our mic stands used to be, and kind of looks like an amp, doesn't it? We're, I don't know mixer board. I don't know. There's a reason you're the tech person, not me. <laughs> it's got a big black box. Yeah, Jansen's big black box is in the wrong way, and it's <laughs> just throwing us all off. It looks like those subwoofer boxes that yeah. you used to do for cars. Yeah. Except it's got, you know, Lots recording equipment in it. buttons and a placemat. It's pretty. So, yeah, apparently the feng shui, feng shui is better, but me and Jessica are going to take a while to recuperate, okay? I'm it's just true. saying. I'm just saying. It's rough out here. Very. Do not appreciate the blood, sweat, and tears that go into this production, people. So many blood. <laughs> so many tears. Not a lot of sweating, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, not now that we're getting out of summer again. Oh, having to move this thing around? There was some sweating involved. <laughs> no, fair enough. At least we missed that part of it. So, absolute, total, favorite, amazing, badass moment is that Harry is all like, fuck doing all this passive shit and letting people come and attack me. I want to be the one going and doing the attacking. Yes. Hello, Bob. We've got work to do. We're going to go fuck up some vampires. We've done it once. We've done it twice. Let's go for three. <laughs> 
I love this. Where Bob asks him what the plan is, and Harry's like, we're going to kill them all in their sleep. <laughs> yeah. Heavy hand much? Yeah. So vindictive and just dark. What I love is Bob is like, all right, cool. I like this plan for a change. Yeah, Harry's like, exactly. I'm tired of like... You know, trying to fight fair or meet them on there to what you know what I mean. And yeah, like, good for Harry. They showed their cards and told him we're in town. Yeah, absolutely. It's Harry's turn to move. Harry's now. like, yeah, fuck this. I'm tired of y'all sneaking up and trying to get the drop on me while I'm doing other stuff. I'm just gonna boot y'all on the head first and then move on with the rest of my shit. Right? And especially with how uh, shitty last book was too, when it was just like you know, you know, three guys showed up on his lap, all on you know Larry Fowler's show basically, and it was like. Hey, we're here to cause problems for you. Like, and he had no choice but to just roll with the punches. Yeah. I'm totally all for Harry being like, okay, my move now. Yeah. Yeah. Forget defense. I'm going on the offensive. Mm -hmm. Let's just nip this in the bud right now. Let's not wait and see why you're here or what. No, the black court, we don't like you. Let's just stake you in your coffins. It's a huge step to take, and I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Because Harry's normally about trying to be sort of fair and why. Well, again, he's. Up until he started moving out into these bigger moves and cases, this is exact. I mean, and even in part of that's we've seen the first couple books, right? When when Murphy's like, "Oh, they're supernatural bad guys. Let's go kick butt." And Harry's like, eh, "You can't get involved." And Michael's like, "They're supernatural bad guys." And Harry's like, "No, you got you know, like you got to like, yeah, but there's all these supernatural rules and and hierarchies and and." Um, protocols and, you know, manners and things. And, yeah, right. So Harry's been kind of trying to keep that balance and live within the rules. And now he's like... I guess that, like, the the gloves are off, so to speak. Yeah. Because there's a war on, so, like... That too. Like, I mean, would he be considered like that? Would, too. would this be considered a war crime? How, how, how much else? Yeah, how much more can he do? I, I don't know. Like, would the wizards support him if he, he'd be like, yeah? The Red Court is very clearly trying to recruit all the other vampire factions to their cause, so it's not a war crime, okay? They, you know, the Red Court specifically said, Black Court and White Court, come join forces with us, let's all go to war together. So I think nothing is off the table now. Yeah. Everyone's at war with each other. But especially coming off of Harry being all like, or everyone to Harry being all like, why do you do this? Why do you do this? Why do you do this? What are you doing it for? Why are you just being some passive guy in a phone book? If you're going to be this big, powerful wizard, then fucking say you're this big, powerful wizard. Yeah. And I like that Harry is fully like, yeah, like, as we've said, he's not so passive anymore. He's like, all right, people want me to fucking choose a side? Let's go to war. As Fine. Murphy would say, Harry's putting on the boots. <laughs> uh, uh, nice callback. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. He's, that's yeah. He's like, all right, let's just. It's yeah. great to watch Harry put on the boots. Absolutely. And then, like you say, yeah, like at the masquerade, right? Mauver was very much there as an ally and supporter of Bianca, right? So you know, right there, the blacks and the reds were already, you know, allied, committed, right? So exactly, that I don't think there's any question there about. Yeah, this is totally fair as fair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Enough of people showing up in town and being like, "I'ma kill Harry." Okay? Right. Well, yeah, he's tried to be like, "Hey guys, I don't want to pick a fight." And now they just keep showing up. So now he's like, "All right, fine. I'm just read the ad, people. I'm looking for lost wedding rings." Okay, I didn't want to cause a war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So yes, that is a very exciting. I love how Bob's automatically just like, "Oh boy," he's like, "Oh, that's just very." Whatever review he says. The scourge. Scourge, yeah, I like that. I, I, that is actually a cute moment, too. Okay, hang on. That's atypically vicious of you. That's an atypically yes. vicious plan, Harry. Yes, an atypically vicious plan. And he's like, yeah, I was proud of it, too, or something, wasn't he? <laughs> or is that? Yeah, I liked it, too. Yeah, I liked it, too. Yes, and then, yes, that is a very cute line where he's like, yeah, what do you call them? Like, a gay call? A pass? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, well, an orgy of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yes, if, if you want to be um, correct or whatever, yeah, you just go, if you really want to piss off Mavra, I'm sure you go right ahead and call her gaggle of vampires. <laughs> But a scourge does sound very much more, especially because most, well, at least in my experience, one of the most often heard uses of that is the scourging of the Lord kind of a thing, right? Where that was like the vicious whipping with the barbed hole, right? So it's, it's, scourging is not nice. Mm. You don't want things, and uh, again. Is, is, is that the word origin? I, yeah, I would assume, because I, that's all I know of a scourge. It's, it's like either like a clear... Because like, I haven't heard of that, that reference. So. I've never heard that Bible reference before. <laughs> okay, well... It's not my most... Neither of y'all have no. ever been to church as much as I have, but but we don't use the word scourge like a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, a little bit, but I mean, yeah, it's... it's Because I know they talk about, like, like, a scourge across the earth or whatever, you know, like plague and famine and whatever, and it just kind of wipes out everything, and... So, okay, so yes, the historical use of it is a whip used as an instrument of punishment. So whip, horse whip, lashing. Two, a person or thing that causes great trouble or suffering, the scourge of mass unemployment. So, right, so it's being used a little bit more as the, but yes, I, again, it's not a word we typically use on the daily in our language anymore. Point is, scourge is very, very bad, not nice. Black court, very, very evil, not nice. We, they're, they're not friendly and sexy like the whites. So Harry's like, I gotta go to bed. Everything sucks, and this is the last chance I'm going to have to sleep for the next novel. And then Bob, <laughs> smartest guy in the room, is like, Whoa, you've got a case with Ar- Arturo Genosa? You're the coolest guy on the block, Harry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. My spidey sense is tingling. You know who this guy is? <laughs> you like this guy? <laughs> Bob, who's this guy? Erotic features. Mm. Very tasteful way of Critically putting Critically acclaimed erotic features. Four stars? Four boners? What's the difference? <laughs> uh, those aren't trade journals. Those are porno <laughs> But yeah, as far as Bob is concerned, a critic's a good critic. So, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm with Bob on that one, honestly. Well, he makes a fair point here. He's like, um, Harry, you just told me you got hired by the white court. What did you figure? Yeah, yeah now, okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and now we know they keep pestering Thomas to take up an acting role. <laughs> ah, okay, got it. Right here, you're just like, oh, yeah, Thomas is pretty. He should be. And Thomas is like, mm, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so cute. You now when you think about his comments, you know, he's like, oh, I don't look good on camera. It's like, you know, Thomas would look freaking fantastic. First time I read that, though, I thought maybe it was like a supernatural on camera was the issue. It was like, oh, mm. your eyes are going to be all like glowing red or vampires can't be seen on film or like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was expecting, like, Thomas's whole, like, oh, I, yeah. I'm so demure. No, I could never. Oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Come to find out, no, Thomas just doesn't want to be on camera, which is weird. Yeah, you think he would. Don't understand his hang-up. Well, and I think this says... A lot of freebies for him, right? I think this says something to Thomas is, is on a couple of, of things, which, the one hand, I don't know if we, we can't really say much about, but I think some of it speaks to a certain level of his commitment to Justine. You know, and why he was so upset with Harry. Well, she doesn't know anything. She's just a doe. And if she's just a doe, nobody will bother her. If they know this is the woman I love and want to protect and actually cherish, because I'm supposed to be a, a not blood-sucking, but a blood-sucking thing <laughs> of the night, right? You're not supposed to get its food, right? You're not supposed to, like, we, we make judgments about people that want to, like, marry their apple pie or whatever, you know? We're like, that's not a normal healthy relationship with your food and that is all Justine is supposed to be but of course she is a person and he is in love with her 
So that's where, right, it's going again. So he's already, again, on the outs from all his people and stuff like that, right? You're not supposed to make loving, caring connections. So I think that is part of why, like, again, I'm sure Thomas doesn't have any particular moral judgments about it. But maybe he's like, I don't want to be in a porn movie because I've got Justine. I don't need to go and bang everything that walks. I could at any given moment. I don't want to. I mean, it could also be very obvious that he's feeding. It on, could be. It's like on camera, they'd be like, wow, that, uh, that looks kind of fucked up. It could, yeah. My it, coworkers lose their lines every time I'm in a scene, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> oh, it just gets porn. What lines are there really? <laughs> I'm watching for the plot, okay? Yeah. <laughs> And have you yet to find one? <laughs> no, but I'm going to keep looking just in case. <laughs> I think in a little bit we can get into perhaps some more of the reasons why, but we haven't sort of addressed some of that yet either. So, right. But, um, but yeah. Lots so. of speculation. There's, there's some speculation oh, there. Is, is, yeah, exactly. Is, is, yes. Why would Thomas be unwilling to participate in this? But. Harry asks Bob what he knows about the White Court, specifically about Thomas's behavior with Justine. Uh, Bob explains hunger and the the symbolic spirit white vampires have and are born with. Capital H. Capital H. And this is an interesting thing that they're born with. Yeah, and I actually was asking, I I put a note in here, like, does that mean procreation is the only way of creating a white court vampire? So we will find out more about that in this book, thankfully, but this is the first hint at it that we've got, right? So we know that that Mavra and the Black Court are your typical... Dracula's you right? get turned a little bit more zombie-like. You get bitten, you get turned, you get all these aversions to sunlight and garlic and steaks and things, right? Then you've got the red court again, as evidenced with Susan. You get bitten, you get turned, you become this other kind of bat-like, more typical vampire thing, right? Turns out, oh wait, you don't like whites don't turn each other by like biting each other. Or even through a, well, not the biting wouldn't be, but through a sexual act, since we know that they already sort of are these emotional sex charge, right? So, yeah, apparently they get born, but they're born with like born a thing. Born and cultivated. Born and, yeah, but they're born with this demon inside them, kind of. So it does, it raises a whole other interesting aspect and makes you go, I want to find out more about these guys. Uh, what? The whites are a cool branch. Another version of, uh, yeah, another branch of the vampirism, right? Obviously, they're much more, you know, succubus, incubus than your yes. typical vampire, but. Right. And I was just thinking, too, like, that. does it even seem like they are even a vampire if they're, like, they are, are really more a succubus than anything? I guess it's one of those, like, you know. Like, I was just thinking vampire is really just a giant umbrella term in this universe. Huge, yeah. A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, again, it is, you know, I mean, like, we've all met those emotional vampires, right? It's kind of synonymous with sucking, sucking things dry, whether that happens to be your literal blood or... Or your emotional tolerance, or your life force, right? So I mean, yeah. To me, like you say, it is somewhat. It's different. We're not exactly where the blacks and the reds go specifically for sucking your blood, bah ha ha. But um, but yeah, I'm like the whites do suck out your life force. Is really what they're after. They just the the, the Thomas and et al like to do it through sex. We will learn, you know, again, that you get some other mentions that not all white court vampires feed the exact same way. Not all of them feed it through simply sexual means kind of a thing because it's the life force that is getting drawn off. So 
yeah, I'm like, I think it still, like you say, does kind of cover because of that whole just like sucking you dry kind of a thing. To be but fair, it's with very different from any and all fantasy. Everyone wants to have their own spin on the yeah. supernatural, right? So the rules of what a vampire is change from content to content to content to content. It does. And it just so happens that Jim Butcher wants lots of different kinds of vampires. So yeah, you and he lots does. of different rules. He himself does refer to them exactly as, as incubi and succubi mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, he's not making any distinction there that they're not the same thing or whatever, but. It's just, yeah, they still are a form of vampiric parasitic. Well, and it is an interesting way to do it by throwing them in courts, too. Like, that's... Yeah, it's, I kind of like, like, yeah, that, that way of... of, of yeah, how, I like how, the supernatural, how it's broken up in yeah. this series. Yeah, how, how, how do you exactly have all these different factions or whatever? And yeah, that's these, these courts... Except for the fact that we all start tripping over our tongues between the White Council and the White Court. But it's fine. Ah, Y'all know what we mean for real. (laughs) White nights, summer nights, that's nights, we're nights. God's nights. One fine day in the middle of the night, two dead men got up to fight. Back to back, they faced each other, drew their swords and shot each other. No, deaf policeman heard the noise and came to arrest those two dead boys. And if you think my story's too tall, ask the blind man, he saw it all. I heard a different version of it, and it's just amazing that I can actually still hear you saying it, even though it's, like, on high speed. (laughs) (laughs) So, part of the hunger in that it makes you weaker and moodier, and it just kind of messes up your own sort of pH balance and however it works out. Eat regularly, eat healthy. Right. It fucks with you physically, it fucks with you mentally, it fucks with you emotionally. Have a balanced diet. Right. As such for uh, vampires. Just sucks that it happens to be us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. And yeah, and they can't because Harry's like, well, what if they, and he's like, what if they just choose not? And he's like, choice doesn't really come into it. If they let themselves go far enough, then exactly that well, portion, the hunger takes over. Yeah, he'll lose control. And you'll lose control and you And will, he'll go insane is the other part of it. Like, yeah, you risk going hunkers. insane. You Essentially, risk the hunger you, will turn on itself then. It was like, okay, you're not going to find us prey. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, as we're learning, it's kind of this demonic possession of them that they are born. So, again, like he's A little bit of a warlock pack going on. Yeah, like, like, yeah, Thomas is not the supernatural creature in and of himself. He is some kind of possibly humanoid with a demon is what we're, mm-hmm. you know. Warlock pact? Uh, in D&D, there's different ways to get magic. So, like, sorcerers are born with it. Wizards study it. War- warlocks, you make a deal with a greater power than yourself. Okay, so cool. it gives you the power, but you've got to do something right. for it. So Thomas is a little bit of a vessel versus the other versions of vampires that are the thing. Becoming the, the construct or whatever, or transmorgified into. Okay, cool. With most of us, we all have, most animals, creatures have that, you know, self-preservation, whatever, right? Like, you must breathe, you must eat, eventually your body will take over and do something to fulfill those needs, right? If you Is cannot. there a way to separate the hunger from the man? Join us next week when we cover Battleground. <laughs> But right, but this is where, because he can see, Harry can see that Thomas, right, doesn't want to... Just 11 months away, okay, we'll get to it. Months, we're so close. But he doesn't want to kill Justine, right? So again... At our time frame, how do we figure that is? 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but um, yes, it's interesting that exactly so, because Harry can see that Thomas has a reluctance to just feed... Um, on anyone? Non-stop. No, what's the word? Um, unchecked or whatever off of Justine, right? But 
he's got to feed. He, he doesn't want to be with anybody else. This is who he's with. This because right because Harry's like like inevitably they're going to kill whoever they're with. If they if they stay with one person for a long time, they will eventually right. nibble away enough that he, that person he makes has comparisons left. to being like not unlike the nightmare, a spiritual damage uh, and and vulnerable to control and manipulation. Yes. Yeah, so so Justine is suffering some of this damage by Thomas feeding off of her. But we've also learned from Justine that Thomas's influence on her quiets her other metaphorical demons, right. right? And keeps her at a level of sanity. But again, if he does not feed enough, then he'll go insane and he'll end up just killing her in one shot because he'll need a huge, right? So does he feed off of other people and get, so he's spreading it around and it's not all coming from Justine, but he doesn't want to feed off other people because he loves Justine. He just wants to be with Justine. He doesn't want to betray Justine, but if you, you know, so it's this Delicate whole, balance between the two. Right. Yeah. And the only other thing about it is that we get this sort of uh, idea that people get a regular instinct to avoid the supernatural. It's like a kind of like that hindbrain where it's just like, oh yeah, don't don't associate, don't go down. Something's the watching me. Just something's yeah. Something has kept you know the general human population survival instincts for whatever reason. You know, Lizard like and brain. and <laughs> if we haven't seen it already, we'll see it as the series goes that people get that instinct around Harry too. Sometimes where it's just like, oh, this is something much more powerful than me. Yeah, I'm not getting involved. Would that make it a, a lizard slash wizard brain then? <laughs> <laughs> wizard brain. Wizard brain. I bet. But the exception to the rule is the white court. People are attracted to them. They want to be around them. They go oh, to them. It's this exuding yes, yes, of sexual yes. prowess, and they're all so beautiful and lovely and charming that just like sugar tastes so good. Exactly. Right? Like the the one exception to everyone avoids the supernatural is that people are knocking on the door of the white council or the yeah. white court, being like, "Hi, yeah, hello." See, see, yeah. And 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 Bob makes that note too that he's like, once you've done it. It becomes easier to, you know... Vulnerable to more manipulation. No. Vulnerable to more... Yeah, is that... Although, just, in that case, the venom would be the same way. Once you've already had the venom. Oh, well, yes, to the reds, yes. They had the, a lot of uh, that's true, thralls, the, reoccurring users. Right. You're right, yes. The the thralls to the vampire spit. It just seems much less gross with the... Once you're hooked. Like, yeah, exactly that. That first taste keeps... Which is funny, because really, it's like, you're the first taste, and yet... It keeps you coming back. And I love how this chapter ends, honestly. Harry, 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 what I wouldn't give to be in your shoes this week. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's so cute. Harry blushes like 13 shades of red. And you're like, it's funny, because we've commented on how often, right? We're like, Harry walks in and sees a woman. We immediately know, like, her best facial features and how body big are her assets. Boobs and, and, <laughs> right? Yet at the same time, Harry is so gentlemanly and... And Take conservative, my coat off and, cover her up and you know, like he's totally embarrassed. We suddenly find out he's going to work on on a porn film, and it has to be around <laughs> people having sex. All like right uh, again, as I'm sure most people in the room probably only a vague idea of what actually being on a set like that would mean. Just knowing that he's like highly uncomfortable, and oh my gosh, this is hee hee ha. -ha. Yeah. Did you guys, the, uh, I forget who posted that now in the Discord, that uh, the spreadsheet, some guy got bored and did a tally of, of words. Oh, I, no, the, I have not checked that, sorry. <laughs> and I think it was the tips of her breasts show up. Um, he puts it 12 times or 24, depending on your definition. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's awesome. It is pinned in the Discord now. Yeah. So. Is it updated all the way to Battleground? Um, I'm not sure how far it goes, but it's... <laughs> Gotcha. Oh, yes. I'll have to pop it and check that Harry, out. Harry, Harry, yeah. Harry, Harry, Harry. All the common words are put in there. It's quite fun. But yeah, so again, it's that dichotomy with Harry. It's like, again, I don't know if that just 
Harry, if it's Butcher trying to react. I mean, you know, in all fairness, he describes Thomas as being really pretty and stuff like that, too. There are attractive men. So is it just, you know, again, it stands out more the one side to the other because of whatever, but... <laughs> Harry lets Bob take Mr. out on the town and, and be back by sundown. <laughs> Uh, seems to me, I don't know if he's just getting a little bit uh, soft or feels genuinely sorry for Bob not to get to see all the pretty ladies that he wants. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Harry's had plenty of time to learn now. He's like, Bob, you're just a skeevy little perv. He, he doesn't really feel a lot of sympathy for... Yeah, but he's letting him actually go loose. Like He is, but he's sending him on a mission, right? He's like, go find out where the vamps are bedding down during the day. and Because that's why he's like, go and miss... Cause, yeah, go find Mavra. Yeah, because he's like, they can't be out and about during the day. So he's like, but neither can Bob as a spirit of intellect. So he's like, you get to jump into Mr. as your little tank. Because you can be protected inside there. Uh, Mister can go wandering around. Go find out where the vamps are sleeping. Because hopefully they're so all sleeping. sleeping. <laughs> It'll be easier for you to poke around and figure this out. See, and I didn't take it as just that. But like, oh, yes, find, find, the, find the, the den. But like, have some fun. Yeah, no, I think that was pretty much just his. Because he basically tells him to gnaw. I think he doesn't he basically tell him to behave himself. But I know he tells me how to watch out for the wards because last last time he sent him out was when guard was around and he got zapped. But I'm, I'm looking for the line in here that yeah. made me think that. I think it's because he says you have my permission to take Mister on the town. Out on the yeah, town. Out on the town. That's like which generally means go yes. have a fun time. Right. But I think Harry's really just like go fucking do your job. Yeah, I don't know because yeah, you're right. The next morning he tells him because he's like I think Mister likes these because Mister gets to go see new exciting things too. But. Uh, Either way, I think Bob could definitely do his job and get up to some fun. Either way, he did. Eight hours of darkness or daylight. Daylight or whatever. Yeah, he definitely has not put as many restrictions on him as he has before, where he's like, specifically, you are not allowed to go near the college and instigate any orgies or, you know, like, yes. But he he basically is like... But also banking on the fact that he learned his lesson with Marcone's defenses last time, too, and that maybe he doesn't need as many rules. He just knows not to fuck around. Yeah. So, you know, it's probably a little bit of both. He's like, you've got this job. It's probably going to take you most of the day, so fine. If you have any time left over, I guess you can. Yeah, you've got a cat. Have fun. You've got it. But yeah, exactly. You're only, you're somewhat limited because exactly Bob can't leave the cat to go do anything either. So Don't I'm bringing a little leniency. A little leniency. But yes, he's, he's sending him out on a, he's being proactive. I got to go catch some shut eye and I got, I, I got to go to work tomorrow. But you go hunt out the vampires right there, most vulnerable and see if you can't get us some info. And yes, I will go ogle pretty girls while you can't, Bob. Nah. This concludes our episode 12.4, Dizzying Heights of Idiocy. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and machinellies.ca. There we have links to our podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing. Please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Contra by it at your own risk.